Welcome to the OP Podcast for entrepreneurs who want to find more meaning in life and more profitability in business. Today, you'll hear from an entrepreneur just like you as they share a tip or two about optimizing life and business. Let's join the conversation. Hello, this is Lyle Leeds with Optimized Profitability Podcasts. Today, we're talking with Duncan Broyles. He's with Texas Independent Insurance, and he is an insurance agent specifically for real estate investors, so it's a little bit different there. We're going to kick off his story first. He's a typical entrepreneur. He's married. He's got four kids, two dogs. But he's going to start off his story of how he came out of Africa and how that brought him into entrepreneurship. So, yeah. Duncan, take it away. Well, thank you, Lyle. So, yeah, you know, my story began, I was a missionary kid, so my parents worked with the church overseas in Tanzania, Africa. We went when I was five. I always like basically to say how that impacted me from a, two things really came out of that. One, at a very young age, my dad had me working with him, mobile clinics, building churches and things of that nature. And it started to incorporate some leadership attributes. And so I've, whatever I've, whenever I've done anything, usually I've somehow been put in some type of leadership. So that was one. But secondly, being in Africa and especially where we were, when we'd have to go out in the villages and things of that nature, you know, things are not set in stone. Things are always, you have to pivot with life, you know, flat tires, getting stuck, whatever it may be, we just always had to overcome. So I think it started to instill in me at a very early age, just the entrepreneurial spirit, because it's not a, for the most part, it's not a one size fits all, or you do this. You just constantly have to rethink life or just pivot your direction or what are you doing and, and constantly having to learn. And so I think that's what really started me or ha- creating the mindset of an entrepreneur early on. Right. Yeah. And what was the, what did it take from you to get from that? Somebody telling you to be in leadership and you deciding to be in leadership. What'd that look like to you? One, I, I took a test early on and you know how you can sometimes take your your strength tests and right. leadership was always one of them and, and my dad just kind of always had the mentality of a servant and uh, that was just instilled into me first and foremost and then opportunity so I don't know if it was so much I decided to choose to go after that it's just I always pursued it from an education perspective you know I pursued business management both emphasis on economics as well and you know educationally when it came to being involved in a church I was usually asked to be a leader with my company I rose up pretty quickly in my retail career, kind of prior to being an entrepreneur, I grew pretty rapidly into area management. So it was usually just something that kind of came. I don't know if it was something that I pursued, but I do enjoy it. So I don't, again, I don't know if it was so much that I made that choice. It was kind of both. I think sometimes you're wired for it and sometimes you're not. And I think that my wiring, I really enjoy working with people, but uh, my dad gave me a, uh, a carving when I was young or when I went off to college, he's like, Duncan, you've always been a leader. And he gave me this carving and it was Christ kneeling down and washing the feet of his disciples. And he was, it was a reminder to me. He's like, Hey, you know, if you want to be an effective leader, servant leadership is the way to go. I don't always lead that way, but it is my, it's my reminder of, Hey, to lead well, you've got to serve well. And faith is a big portion of yours. And a lot of people, they hear that word servant leadership, which is an oxymoron in, in effect because they go different ways. So yeah. explain what that means to you in your world as an entrepreneur. Well, you know, I think one of my core values, so as an entrepreneur and even when I was just in retail, I always I set up some core values for me, and one of them was always service. And and so what that means to me is if you're going to lead well or if you're going to serve people well, you've really got to start at that level and say, hey, what can I do to help you succeed? When I had employees, I would all you know before we had somebody who was really struggling, I would always ask myself, have I given them every tool to succeed? And if I had it, then the termination was not on the table until I had given them everything they can to succeed, and then they proved that they weren't a fit. That 
that's, you know, at that point we may make that decision. So that's just always been a mentality. So whatever it takes for me to help you be successful. And then I just took that and everything I did, just how can we best serve you? Because if we, if we do that correctly, if we serve you correctly, if we make you successful, then that will reciprocate back to me, hopefully. And so that's just always been a mentality that I strive for. I, I, I think it's, it's constantly a battle and, and one that, you know, I think everybody has that mentality or has that in mind. Truly execute that is, is a constant, constant battle and continuing to get better and better. Absolutely. And so you transitioned from retail into entrepreneurship and leadership was part of that. Did you have any mindset shifting you did there? I was in retail, corporate America kind of environment, was given an opportunity to start a whole new franchise in the e-com world. My, my introduction into entrepreneurship was one of the, long story short here, one of the leaders of the company came in and I remember very vividly, it was the day before Memorial Weekend and they said, hey, we're shutting down. The venture capital people have pulled all the money. We're shutting down. We're laying everybody off today. And they said, Duncan, do you want to take over the business or one particular store? You have 24 hours wow. to let us know. Man, you I mean, thrust into it. I was thrust into it. So wow. I went home and I said, you know, I was talking to my wife and I was like, babe, <laughs> let's pray long and hard, but I have 24 hours. And I was like, one, I wasn't expecting. It was completely unexpected and I didn't have something lined up. And I was like, you know, I know I can make it six months. There were six months left on the lease of that location. Uh-huh. I was like, I can make it six months. Let's give it a go. And she's like, all right, I backed you. Let's do it. So yes, I was, I was kind of thrown into it. That said, even in the retail and when I went to that company, it was a new start. And so I, I loved new start or challenges, anything where it was a struggling region. I loved going after that and helping them fix it. Or if it was a new business concept, I love starting that. So again, that entrepreneurial spirit had already been there, but I was thrust into it. And then that business transitioned industry, the eBay, eBay drop-off store, you know, online consignment model really changed when the camera and the phones got significantly better, right? And the camera quality. And I was looking at expanding possibly that when I was talking to a potential investor, we were just discussing, we're like, hey, what does the outlook of the industry, not me, but the industry look like? And we started to think through that. What is it going to look like in five to 10 years? And we really just came to the determination. There was just a lot of risk involved based on the phone and people were going away from utilizing other people to do their work for them to doing it themselves. Because I mean, the eBay, the eBay app is so easy to use. You've got the Facebook groups, all that. So anyway, I decided to shut that down. And I, and so when I was analyzing, Hey, what do I want to do? One, what was really important to me was the idea of residual income was huge. Secondly, the idea of serving small businesses or serving people at some capacity. And it led me to insurance. And one of the reasons I love insurance, I mean, it's insurance. Let's, let's be real. It's, it's yeah. kind of boring. It it's, it's one of those necessary evils, I guess. But what I love about it is the, the aspect of being able to talk with people and, and really understand what their needs are and then hopefully create a plan. It's probably one of the reasons why I really enjoy life insurance side of the business as well is because it's a little more, you have to dive deep into, you have to dive into uh, deep into what their needs are. So right. anyway, yeah. Yeah. And insurance itself is a, is a highly sales focused organization. Is that correct? Would you say that? Yeah, I would say so. You know, kind of eat what you kill, right? It's, it right. has that mentality of you've got to go out there and get your business. So it is very sales oriented. Correct. Okay. And how do you balance sales and service? That's a good point. And you know, I, I think I'm, and again, I'm constantly kind of learning that from a service perspective, a lot of it, I'm, I'm in an organization. And so we have a support team. So trying to have that team help support my clientele and my book of business, I guess you would say is one. From a commercial side, I've continued to refine my process, but especially small businesses who are growing. I've now in my calendar, I reach out to them on a quarterly basis just to make sure. And that's something I've done recently. I used to touch base with them. I would call them if they, if I had a need or if they had a need, they would contact me. But now I'm being a little more proactive. I used to do six months, maybe even a year. Now I'm getting down to quarterly because their needs may change.
change, their sales may change. And so I want to make sure that they're properly covered. That's one of the aspects of it. Two, it's all relational. I mean, there are a million insurance guys out there. You have a lot of choices. Yeah. So what makes me, what makes people want to utilize me? And what I have found is it's all relational based. And, you know, my business is largely seeing some growth recently just to do to re referral based businesses. Love that aspect of it. But, uh, you know, COVID hit and that, that made some, for, uh, some interesting transitions since right. we are so real estate investor focused. I mean, that's a large part of where we get our leads and who we serve. And they shut down, we've been shut down and you're not able to have the socials or the educational seminars. Right. It was like, oh, you know, now what am I going to do? Exactly. Uh, so that was an interesting transition for sure. Yeah. And you talked about referrals. What are you doing to nurture the referrals? Like if someone's never created a referral system in their business, what would you suggest? Them? Well, one, identifying, you need to identify who are the people who can help give you the most leads, right? You know, for me, lenders are a big part of it, right? Because lenders are out there, they require insurance. And so that that's my referral partners when it comes to lenders is huge. Also just getting a good relationship with other investors because investor people hang out with like-minded people. That's been a big part. You know, I know in COVID, right? As entrepreneurs, we really had to transition. I remember when COVID first hit, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And it was probably a week of a little bit of woe is me mentality. And then I was like, you know what? This is not going to, this is not going to help things. So I was like, or what can I do now? And so I really dove into social media and, and Facebook and identified, all right, there are a ton of, by the way, there are a ton of real estate investor Facebook groups. So I just got on there and then I had some investor friends and some other people that serve real estate investors. And we got on these groups and we just help, we tag one another. Cause again, we know how each other serve, right. uh, serve our clients. And anytime somebody's like, Hey, I, I need a lender or Hey, you know, are there hard money lenders that you trust? Or, Hey, do you have a painter? I will tag those people that I know and trust. And that is really how it's been built lately. Cause I've had, like I said, I've had, or I, like I was telling you before, probably had some of my best and most consistent months during COVID. And it all had to do with that. It had, I think everything had to do with uh, referral business and then being really involved on social media and, and then tagging other people and helping other people. And that gets reciprocated. So right. that's what so, I would encourage people to do. Right. So in essence, you, you are using Facebook groups Correct. and using that to build relationships mm -hmm. and leveraging the network of people you've surrounded yourself with. Correct. That's kind of a short version of a, a really cool strategy. And a lot yeah. of people are doing that. You know, if you think of it this way, right, we all have about 200 contacts, mm -hmm. right, in our phone. So if I have a network of 200 contacts, well, they each have 200 contacts. I mean, pretty soon you're at 40,000 people that you have available if you have a really good referral partner exactly. or just someone who, you know, who's someone who does business with you and that and who will refer you. So that's kind of the mentality. I, I'm also a part of a networking group and we went virtual. Mm -hmm. And so having that network, like you said, having that network, now I've got 40 people who all have people they know and are willing to, you know, refer each other business. And, and we truly build the model. Our, our model of referrals is based on, hey, it's the law of reciprocity. And so if you give, eventually you're going to get. So having that mentality, again, kind of that servant mentality, let me give first. Usually that'll pay it forward later. So right. and you're, pay it forward, not later. <laughs> yeah, pay it forward. There we go. And you're an insurance person. Like I said, there's millions of people that do insurance and that's their job. And some of them are entrepreneurs, some of them are not. Yeah. You're an entrepreneur, which I love. That's a different concept. But what do you do? How do you differentiate yourself in the insurance world when you're talking with a real estate investor? One, not all insurance people. Like I'll kind of start, kind of start here. Right? Most people, when they start in real estate investing, a lot of times they're starting with the fix and flip, right? And so from an insurance perspective, not all insurance people do builder's risk policies. I'm just going right. to you know, draw out one specific product. And one of the reasons they don't do it is it can be a little bit labor intensive. One, two, the payout on it is pretty limited. So from, from just a kind of a self selfish perspective, not a lot of people do that because it doesn't pay very well. Right. Our idea. So one, 
we do that. And there are a lot of agents that do do it. But ultimately, our philosophy is if you serve them there, hopefully you can continue to do all of their business. Secondly, what makes us unique as a as an agency is we do have a rape shop guarantee. So for our for our just our standard home and auto clients or even our real estate investors with their you know with their rental properties, mm-hmm. we have a rape shop guarantee. And what that means is when any of our clients have an kind of an extraordinary increase, we will automatically shop that for them. We kind of get proactive. So that's one thing that we do. Secondly, we're really uh, for the people who are in the owner finance world and do sub twos and sub two wraps. We're very familiar with that. And so our knowledge in that, we understand it well. One of our agents is a real estate investor himself. And so we have a network of people who are extremely knowledgeable in this real estate investor space. So. And you and I, we talked a long time ago before all this mm-hmm. hit about your concept of infinity banking. And we're not going to get yeah. to this one. You and I are going to have a whole nother conversation. As a matter of yeah. fact, if you're listening to this podcast, you'll go to our page. There'll be a link below this. It'll be a DFW top, or you can go to optimizeprofitability.com. Yeah. That'll take you directly to our blog post. And we'll talk a little bit more about the infinity banking. But I think one of the things that stood out to me on you and why I chose you as like an entrepreneur type person is because it's not just about here, let me save an insurance policy. It's like, let's look at your whole financial finances and how we can line that up to work best with your life. That's where that service aspect came into, into play. In it. So what's yeah. something you've done to increase your profitability this year? What's one of the things that just stood out to you and said, oh, this was so easy. I should have done it years ago. So if you're talking about the infinite banking, I, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. So that is one thing that I, in particular, am a little bit unique on. And even in our office is I love the life insurance space. And one of the reasons I like it, if it's properly structured, it can be a significant tool to use when it comes to planning for your retirement. Again, it can help supplement in the, from a real estate investor perspective, why I love it and why I think life has really started to be a significant part of my business is one, the way we help educate real estate investors of a better way of creating passive income later on in life. And so we teach people how to optimize that. And like you said, we'll get into that and kind of dive into the, the nitty gritty of it. That's one thing that I've done is just continue to educate myself on how to properly or how to utilize life insurance as a tool versus simply just having it as a death benefit, which is significant. It is about leaving a legacy, but right. there are so many other areas. So that's been one thing. Again, I think something that's that's been good for me this year has really been COVID. COVID's been good for me in that it made me rethink how I do business. I was gaining lead gen was primarily coming from real estate investor events. Well, I had to, they're not happening. So what do you do, right? So I had to really dive into the Facebook. So that just became another avenue. So when, when we hopefully get back to our new normal <laughs> of being able to meet in person and, and having that these things, <laughs> right? Now hopefully it's back to normal, normal, not the uh, new normal. Exactly. Now I have another avenue and, and another avenue of being able to serve clients and especially the real estate investor. So that's been significant for me. Okay. And then just the educational piece. I think anytime you, you educate yourself, it just opens up. It's kind of another aha moment. Oh, I hadn't thought about offering that or look at the value of this product and what it can provide the client. And so I think that's those a hard two question things. here, possibly yeah. a question for you. And a lot of people, they always ask these kind of questions. That's why I'm going to ask you, why did you choose to go to Facebook instead of doing something like LinkedIn, where there's a lot more professional real estate investors there? Good point or good question. I'm not a hundred percent sure why I chose it. Probably comfort. And then secondly, uh, one of my close real estate investor friends, I mean, they're a friend. Yeah. <laughs> they're more of a friend now than just a real estate investor right. client, uh-huh. um, but they are real estate investors. Added me to a few groups. And so that's kind of where it launched. And uh-huh. and then I just chose to optimize that space because I think people spend more time at, in Facebook. A lot of people are there. And so that's one reason why I chose that. The activity, all the questions, people are like, hey, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for this. So there's a lot of people on Facebook asking for help. You know, I think LinkedIn is another opportunity that I need to explore. I'm just time management perspective. I'm choosing to go Facebook. At yeah, this, you got to choose one. 
fun. I stick with it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so I think eventually I am going to dive into the LinkedIn as I continue to expand my commercial side of the, the commercial side of the insurance, because yeah. that's where you're getting more of the business owner, you know, of larger corporations, things of that nature. So a lot of your real estate investors are, you know, a lot of them, they work, right? And then they're, they're doing REI or real estate investing passively to eventually get to where they're doing it full time. And so, yeah, I think that's why we go the Facebook route. So or why Good. I go the Facebook route. Good deal. If you had one tip to leave an entrepreneur today, when they listen to this broadcast, they're going to listen to 20 minutes worth of talking. What's one thing you want them to walk away with? Oh, wow. You know, I would say relationship is, is where it's at, just building those relationships. And then secondly, know you're going to struggle. I mean, mm. it is a grind. And sometimes you just want to give up. Uh, you know, I mean, Don't I think we've all had those moments where you're like, what am I doing? Wouldn't it be easier just to go get a paycheck? And those struggles aren't, aren't going to end for me. And I know they're not going to end for you, but uh, just stick with it. And then having those relationships will help also, if you have the right ones, they're going to spur you on during those hard times. So I think it starts with the relationships because one, you have a network at that point. Mm-hmm. Two, you have people to support you. Point, that great. would be the one thing I would say. Well, Duncan, I appreciate your time. And again, if you're listening on our podcast, I want to make sure and point you to our optimizedprofitability.com. Go there and you'll, you're going to hear a little bit more about what we're talking about this infinity banking. So if you're a real estate investor, you definitely want to check out the second part of this. Go to that page. If you're just a normal person and you got enough out of this, I hope you take this information, build relationships, build your network and find those places you're comfortable with. Get there, enjoy it, have a great time and help other people. I love your service attitude. Thank you, Duncan, for being with us. And I look forward to talking to you more as we get off this stuff. Thank you, Lyle. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the OP Podcast. Join the conversation on Facebook or look us up online at OptimizedProfitability.com. And always remember, you were born with a purpose. Now, go live like you believe it.